All right, welcome back to another episode of Become a Calm Mama. I'm your host, Darlene Childress. And today we're going to talk about self-concept. And you might be wondering, like, what is that? And so for most of us, we grew up with this idea of self-esteem and how do you have a good self-esteem, right? That's kind of the language that we grew up with and thinking about, um, you know, how we feel about ourselves. And nowadays, we talk more about this idea of self-concept. So I'm going to teach you what this is, how it's developed, and how as a parent you can facilitate your kids having a positive self-concept. Because I'm often asked, especially in my coaching programs by moms, like, you know, oh, my kid is really struggling. They seem to have low self-confidence or they have low self-esteem. How do I help them? And this episode is really the beginning of helping you answer that question. And so when parents ask me about the, you know, their kids' low confidence, what I am hearing is them saying to me, I think my child has a low or negative self-concept. So what does self-concept mean? What is it? It, This is a really easy way to explain it. Self-concept is the collection of thoughts that you think about yourself. So it's like, thoughts that you have about yourself. That's your self-concept. And it's different from self-esteem because self-esteem is more how you feel about yourself. And self-concept is how you think about yourself. Now, self-esteem plays into self-concept, but self-concept is a little bit like a broader definition of how someone, you know, thinks, feels, and acts about themselves. Because how you think about yourself determines how you feel and then how you feel determines how you show up in your life. So that's why having a positive self-concept is really important because, you know, as I teach a lot on this podcast is that your feelings drive your behavior, right? But where do your feelings come from? They actually come from your thoughts. And so really we want to help our kids ultimately have a way to have a positive mindset, positive thoughts, And we want them to think positively about themselves. And that's where a positive self-concept comes in. When you think negative thoughts about yourself, you tend to feel negatively and then show up sort of in ways that maybe are harming to you or harming to others. Like that whole self-fulfilling prophecy. No one likes me. Then you show up grumpy. You act grumpy towards others and then other people don't like you. Okay? So that idea of no one likes me That is a self-concept issue where you're thinking I'm unlikable or people don't like me. And that has, that's evidence of that's how you think about yourself. That's your self-concept. So what makes up a self-concept? There's three parts and those three parts are your self-image, your future self, and your self-esteem. So I'm going to kind of go through those. If you really love this kind of stuff, this is for you. I won't dig super deep into it because, you know, this is not actually a psychology podcast, but it is helpful for you to understand like what makes up, what are the parts of a self-concept? So the first part is self-image, and this is how we see ourselves. Like, how do we look? What's our personality like? How do we show up in our life? Like, what roles do we play? So, for example, you can think thoughts like, I am a really good friend. This is a thought I have about myself. This is part of my self-image. This is how I define myself, is I'm a good friend. I'm a great coach. I'm a good mom. 
I'm a kick-ass wife. These are the ways that I think about my image in the world. This is what I think about that. That's one piece of self-concept is like how I view myself right now. That's my self-image. Another part of self-concept is my ideal self or my future self. And this is sort of like, what is possible for me? Who am I? What's, who am I becoming? Or what's my potential? It's sort of that growth mindset, like where am I going? So if I think I'm pretty good now, like I'm a kick-ass mom or I'm a great wife, and then I have this ideal self, like I'm becoming an even better wife. I'm becoming an even better mom. Now, I don't really want you to think about um, like what makes a good mom or am I, like I am a wife and that means I'm a good one. Okay, I'm a mom and that means I'm a good one. But I want to grow as a person and I think it's possible that I grow. So that means that I have a future that is hopeful. That's part of my self-concept is that I can achieve my dreams and goals, that they're possible for me. And so an example of ideal self or future self is the name of this podcast is become a calm mama, right? So I'm offering to you a self-concept thought that it is possible for you to become more calm. That's what we're working on in this, in this podcast and that's what your goals are. And I want to tell you that it's possible and I want you to think that about yourself. I want your self-concept to include possibility of growth. Fixed mindset, right? Negative mindset is like, this is how it always is and it's not going to get much better. That kind of thinking leads to a negative self-concept. All right. So we got self-image. We have the ideal self or future self. And then we have our self-esteem. So self-esteem is this third part of our self-concept. And it's whether we like ourselves, whether we accept ourselves, how much we value ourselves. So thinking like people like me, I can trust myself you know, um, my opinions matter. This podcast is helping moms. Like if I'm thinking about myself in that way, then I'm going to, and I accept myself and like, I make a mistake and I'm like, that's okay. No problem. You know, and I can forgive myself and those kinds of esteem feelings, those lead into a positive self-concept. So this is sort of where, what those pieces are in terms of our self-concept, which again is just a collection of thoughts that we have about ourselves, about who I am, about where I'm going, and how I feel about myself. So prior to adolescence or puberty, a child doesn't spend much time thinking about themselves. I mean, they think about like what they want and they're kind of in like they're in the moment needs, but they don't metacognate. They don't have thoughts about thinking. They don't think about how they're seen or how they fit in or who they are. They just kind of are. And that's what childhood is. Now, as you get into like eight, nine, some little ones will start to think like, no one likes me. It's very temporary. They're not actually talking about like how they feel about themselves. They're more reflecting on their current moment. But in general, as you get towards adolescence, that's when kids start to begin the process of creating a self-concept. So middle school kind of marks the beginning of self-consciousness, which is really just being conscious of yourself as an individual within the group. You see a little glimpse of this around nine, and the kid is like, huh, 
I am different from the kids in my class. Like not everybody has two moms if they have two moms or not everybody was adopted if they were adopted. Like they kind of start to realize and self-differentiate between them and their peers. It's a little opening for that. And then it sort of kind of closes down again for a short time. And that's what we think about as like tween era. And then the real level of self-consciousness and self-concept starts to be developed in middle school or in, you know, around 13. So where does self-concept come from? Well, I wanted to say I'm going to talk more about middle schoolers and high schoolers and adolescents and all of that in next week's episode. And I'll tell you more about that in a few minutes. But when you have this kid who has this self-concept as a 13-year-old or a 9-year-old or however age they start to become self-aware, where did they get this self-concept from? Where does it originate? How do we even have thoughts about ourselves? And the truth is that we kind of inherit a self-concept from our parents or from the people around us. So we, in, we, we start out with not thinking about ourselves in terms of like, who am I? And then over time, you start to ask that question, who am I? As you get a little older, as you go into adolescence, who am I? And you start with, oh, here's what I've been told I am. So you kind of inherit your self-concept from your parents and your grandparents, your teachers, other adults. You also get your self-concept from your siblings in terms of how you compare yourselves to your siblings. So a lot of times kids, if they have a sibling, they'll create thoughts about themselves based on how their siblings are treat them or how their siblings are treated in the world. Let me give you an, a real life example of this. So ever since Lincoln was little, he kind of had this like things worked out for him, kind of <laughs> we called him Lucky Lincoln. And it was just a funny little thing. It's also alliteration, which I love. So, you know, we would be like, oh, there's Lucky Lincoln again. Of course, he got chosen, you know, to go up by, you know, by the at Disneyland, by the, you know, Darth Vader or whatever. You know, we just kind of like thought that luck was on his side, you know. And so we had this little nickname, Lucky Lincoln. And Lincoln then is inheriting this concept of, oh, I'm pretty lucky. Things work out for me. You know, yeah, I've got it. What's interesting, though, is we've never said to Sawyer, like, sorry, Sawyer, <laughs> sorry, Sawyer, or anything like that. We never offered him any sort of negative self-concept, but he created one for himself as an opposite because he wasn't hearing lucky Sawyer. So he kind of defined himself as being like, I'm not lucky, which is just interesting, right? So he had to, he had inherited this self-concept of like, I am not lucky. I'm not a lucky person. My brother's the lucky one. So I share this not to freak you out and not to like, you know, tell you, you better not ever give one kid a compliment or the other one's going to like think the opposite because that's impossible. You don't have to be hyper vigilant about everything you say or do with your kids. It's not possible. But I'm just showing you that when you speak one thing into one kid's life, they kind of own that part of themselves or they can reject it. It can go either way. But you are offering that as a, like, a thing that they can think about themselves. I'm lucky. But your other kid may define themselves against that. So just interesting to notice, you know, especially if you have 
sometimes I have clients who have like one of the kids is just kind of a charmer. Um, you know, there's just people like that in the world and, you know, they get a lot of attention or they're like, you know, exceptionally, you know, socially beautiful or really gregarious or outgoing or whatever. They just get a lot of social attention and that can be hard for your other child. That could be part of like underlying sibling resentment is just like, oh, that everybody likes him more or her more or them more. I'm not lucky. I'm not likable. I'm not as you know good as them. So this is just how, you know, self-concept is developed. So what can you do to make, to not make sure, but to offer to your child a self-concept that is lovely, right? A positive self-concept. How do you give it to your children? How do you help them develop it? The, the thing I want you to realize is that the thoughts that you have about your kid are the thoughts that your kid inherits about themselves. So if you're thinking a lot of negative thoughts about your child, which, I mean, I'm to be honest, I have thought negative thoughts about my kids a lot. Um, but I know that when I spend too much time dwelling on these negative aspects of their personality or things that I don't like, that then it starts to bleed through in how I treat them. And so that's why I had developed that tool, the practice of delight. And I talked about it in episode 22. I teach this whole idea of delighting in your kids and practicing this discipline of thoughts about your kids. So remember, we just write down a list of 30 things that we like about our child. And then we read this list aloud. We read our list every day. And then we try to think these delightful thoughts when we're with our kids. And then we tell our child one thing from that list that we like about them. So we're offering to them very specific sentences, specific thoughts that we're saying, hey, I think you are a very kind and generous person, or you have a really special gift with math, or I've noticed that you are an excellent writer, or people really light up when you come into the room. People like you. So you can offer these really great thoughts to your kids. You can the more you think actively about these positive thoughts about your kids and you speak those beliefs into their lives, the more embedded those thoughts will become for them. It's not guaranteed. I'm going to talk about that more next week and why that happens. But it is better if you offer positive thoughts to them than negative thoughts like you're so lazy, you're not a nice person, other kids are better, you should be more like your brother, you should figure this out already, you're really far behind. Um, kind of those negative thoughts, or sometimes they'll hear like, um, you know, you're really, you're, you're a bad reader, or they'll hear you talking about like, he, you know, oh, he's not a good reader. That then in, the child can internalize that message and make it about themselves, like define themselves that way. I know you don't mean to do this. I do not want you to like trip up on this, but I do want you to be able to realize like, huh, I probably need to be speaking really um, lovely, truthful, and um, delightful things into my kids' lives. So that's how you influence your children. That's how you and their their surroundings, um, but particularly you, influence their self-concept. But kids also get thoughts about themselves from the culture. That's just sort of the way it is, right? There's 
Um, we live in a society. Sometimes I think it's like the water we're swimming in or the, or this, I say the soup we're in, like that's gross, but yeah, that idea that like we are in this sort of atmosphere of this time period of society. And so there are thoughts and messages given to our kids about what it means to be a girl or a boy in our society. We have a lot of thoughts in our society about how bodies should look, definitions of who, what success is and what it isn't. Now, as a parent, you have some influence um, and some control over what your children have access to, like in terms of what community you live in, uh, what schools your kids go to, what social media influences that you allow. So you have some influence, but really changing cultural perceptions, it takes generations. So there's always going to be messages in society that aren't aligned with what we want our kids to think and feel about themselves or others. You know, we're going to have times where our kids the messages of society butt up against our values. And that's why it's really important to talk about your values with your kids. Talk about how you think about gender or how you think about, you know, um, body positivity or, you know, um, being inclusive. So sharing your values with your kids and having conversations with them is really valuable because you are then giving them an alternative perspective on what they might be experiencing from looking at social media or their friends or whatever community you're in. You have, you know, all sorts of areas like how, how people eat, how people dress, um, how people, what's appropriate for hygiene, what's, how do we talk about money, um, you know, race. Like there's so many areas that we can talk to our kids about and that it influences their values but also can impact their self-concept especially when we are offering an alternative to society, what society says. So believing that your kids are okay exactly as they are and believing that they are lovable, that they are acceptable and that they belong in society, even if they present in ways that go against social norms, that has a huge impact on how kids think about themselves. So if your child doesn't fit in a body norm normative way or a gender normative way or, you know, is atypical, like neuro, neuroatypical or presents, you know, kind of quirky or odd or is a little bit shy or any, any way that kind of feels like it's going against what society says is success. If that starts to rub up against you and you feel uncomfortable, you worry like, oh my gosh, my kid's not going to be okay then they're going to kind of like interpret the world through your eyes and think like, oh, I don't belong. I don't fit. I'm a misfit. I don't belong here. So you want to work on really, I love my kid exactly as they are. I accept them and they belong. So the more comfortable you are with how your children are showing up in the world, the more comfortable they will be. And the more self-love they'll have, the more self-acceptance they'll have, the more self-trust they'll have, their self-concept will be great if you actually believe those things about them. That's how powerful of an influence you have on their self-concept. Here's what we really want when it comes to self-concept. We want our kids to think kind things about themselves. 
We want their self-talk, the way they talk about themselves and to themselves, to be loving and kind and encouraging and positive. And that means they have to believe positive things about themselves. They have to believe that they can grow and change and become. We, we want them to think that they're valuable and lovable exactly as they are. Because what happens is when you're able to think these things about yourself, then you feel much more comfortable in your own skin and you have confidence and you're willing to take risks and you're less critical of others because you don't need to put other people down to feel good about yourself. Feeling good about yourself is a great predictor of success in the long term of life, emotional success, which oftentimes leads to relational success and even financial success or job satisfaction. Like when you feel good, then life is just a little bit easier. And so that's what we want to offer to our kids. That's why when they're young, you're offering them a framework for which they determine who they are. You're saying, here's what I think. This is who I think you are. This is what I think you're capable of. These are my thoughts about you. And it's like, wouldn't you like to set that table and make it really beautiful for your kids to decide whether they're going to take that, that self-concept and hold it for themselves or not? Because the truth is, is that in middle school and high school, they have to kind of let that identity and that self-concept that you've offered to them, they have to then create it on their own. For right now, I want you to think about what self-concept are you offering? Even if you already have middle schoolers and high schoolers, or especially if you do, what are your thoughts about them when they, you know, miss an assignment or don't do something around the house or, you know, miss curfew or whatever they do? What are you thinking? Are you thinking, oh my God, they're so irresponsible and they're definitely not going to college and this is a total disaster and they're probably going to end up not reaching their potential in life. And like, if you're spinning out in that negative self-concept, then your kid is going to have a struggle with their own beliefs about themselves. So practice this week thinking about, you know, what are your thoughts about your kids? And what do you want your kids' thoughts to be about themselves? So that's a really great exercise you can do is you can say, I want my kid to think this about themselves and then write it down. And then you'll be able to say, okay, this is the thoughts. This is the collection of thoughts I want my child to have. Do I believe these about them? Because the more you believe those thoughts, the higher the positive self-concept is that you're handing to them. Next week, I'm going to talk about middle schoolers and high schoolers and identity. And I'm going to talk about how self-concept is developed during adolescence. So in fact, this episode is kicking off a five-week series on teenagers, which is going to complement a masterclass that I'm teaching in October um, called Raising Teens Without Ruining Your Relationship. So I'm going to teach a masterclass in October. More details coming soon. And so I want to kind of like kind of prime you and teach you some concepts about adolescence and how it works. I'm gonna have a guest, a couple guests on here to kind of talk about raising teens. Um, so if you're, you know, you're younger kids, listen and learn and come and participate. But if you have middle schoolers and high schoolers, you're definitely going to want to make sure you make it to the next few episodes. So for this week, I want you to work, of course, I said like on your delight list, right? Really thinking about what do you like about your kid? I want you to make that list of I want my kid to think this about themselves and write that down. And then I actually want to challenge you. We're 
on this episode, we call this Become a Calm Mama, right? And so really, it's a lot about our thoughts about ourselves, our self-concept as moms. So I want you to work on your self-concept this week. What do you think about yourself? Write a collection of thoughts about you, like, or create a delight list about yourself. These are 30 things I like about myself. You can make it specific to being a mom or more generally about yourself. It might feel weird at first to do this. It might feel like you're bragging. And that's because society has done a pretty good job at telling you all the ways that you don't measure up. And so it's going to be hard for you to actually sit with yourself and be kind and say nice things to yourself. You might feel odd. But I want you to know that it's not bragging or being big-headed when you tell yourself nice things. Having a list of positive thoughts about yourself, it's healthy. Having a positive self-concept is what we all want to give our kids and what we want to have for ourselves. So the more you do this work and the more you work on your own self-concept, the more you work on how you think and feel about yourself, the easier it will be for you to do that for your kids because you're going to have a higher self-esteem. You're going to have a better positive self-image. You're going to have a better future self-outlook and you're going to feel better. And that's just contagious, honestly. And so you're, you know, working on you is great and it has this amazing benefit on helping kids work on themselves and like believe and trust really amazing things about themselves. So I want to leave you with this this week. I just want you to know you are a great mom. You are loving. You are kind. You just listened to 26 minutes of learning about becoming a calm mama and learning how to help your kids grow in their self-confidence. You're incredible. And you get to own that. You get to think that about yourself. I am amazing. I'm a great mom. I am incredible. I am full of love. And that's what I want you to think about this week. And I will see you next time. Have a great week.